Well, good morning. It is Monday, January 1st, 2024. Monday, January 1st, 2024. Happy New Year, by the way. Did you have a good time last night? Having some Bloody Marys, are you? Yeah, I just went to sleep at like 8 o'clock, <laughs> like I usually do. Uh, Slava Ukraine, Heroium Slava, PVTV, Political Views TV Podcast. That's what you Google to find me. Uh, tell your friends to Google those four words, Political Views TV Podcast, in the new year. I'll show up right at the top of the search. I, can I just say, in case I've never told you this before, how much I really appreciate you coming every day. It's very nice of you. If you can, please bring someone with you today or tomorrow. That would be awesome. And you can tweet to me or X to me or whatever it is called to me. Uh, questions or insights. Maybe you want to fight with me. Maybe you want to send your family to fight with me at Cyberclops. C-Y-B-E-R-C-L-O-P-S on formerly Twitter. So, uh, let's start as we usually do with the war in Ukraine. Uh, speaking at a meeting with uh, servicemen at a military hospital in Moscow, Putin said today that a series of Ukrainian missile strikes on the Russian border city of Belgorod that killed 20 people and wounded 111 was a terrorist act that would not go unpunished and promised more strikes on Ukrainian targets. Uh, since then, of course, the death toll has been raised to 41, and it might be even more. Uh, <clears throat> Russia launched a record 90 Shahid-type drones across Ukraine uh, during the early hours of the new year in response, and Putin said his country would intensify its attacks on its neighbor, uh, speaking during a New Year's Day visit to that, like I said, the military hospital, Putin said Ukraine could expect more such airstrikes after shelling of the Russian border city of Belgorod that uh, killed more than two dozen people and a hundred others. At least 28 people injured after six missiles hit the northeastern city of Kharkiv. Uh, Russia said the attack on Ukraine's second biggest city was retaliation for the deadly Ukrainian air raid on the Russian city of Belgorod, not far from the border. Moscow targeted a hotel housing military commanders and foreign mercenaries, as well as headquarters of the Ukrainian Security Service for the region. Kharkiv city officials said the missiles struck residential buildings, hotels, and medical facilities, while drones hit residential buildings. Putin said, they want to intimidate us and create uncertainty within our country. We will intensify strikes. Not a single crime against our civilian population will go unpunished. Well, you know, that's the reason you were striked, because you were being punished for attacking civilians, right? Anyway. Uh, describing the barrage of uh, Belgorod, uh, of course, he did as a terrorist attack. Uh, Russia has blamed Ukraine for Saturday's attack, which was one of the deadliest to take place on Russian soil since Moscow's full-scale invasion of Ukraine started more than 22 months ago. Russian officials said the death toll stood at 25, and that was at the time. Putin accused Western nations of using Ukraine to try and put Russia in its place. While vowing retribution, he insisted Russia would only target military infrastructure in Ukraine, which he said, you know, he's always saying that and he's always lying because he, 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 uh, uh, all sorts of civilian infrastructure gets targeted. He said, 
Of course, we can hit public squares in Kyiv and in any other Ukrainian city. I understand I'm boiling with rage. But do we need to hit civilians? No, we are hitting military targets, and that's what we will keep doing. Yeah, well, a 15-year-old boy was killed and seven people wounded after falling debris from one of 87 downed drones hit a residential building in the southeast, uh, excuse me, southern city, uh, uh, Ukrainian uh, city of Odessa, uh, and it would be southwest, obviously. It's not far from uh, uh, Moldova. Uh, the head of the region's military administration, Oleg Keeper, said uh, debris also sparked a number of uh, small fires, including at the city's port. And the western city of Lviv, Russian attacks severely damaged a museum dedicated to Roman Shukhevich, a controversial Ukrainian nationalist and military commander who fought the U for Ukrainian independence during World War II. University buildings in the town of uh, Dubljani were also damaged, although no casualties were reported. According to the region's uh, Kremlin-installed leader, Denis Pushlin, four people were killed and 13 more wounded following Ukrainian shelling on Russian-occupied areas of Donetsk. Uh, Russian state media reported that a journalist was among the victims but provided no further details. Uh, regional Governor Vyacheslav Gladkov said <clears throat> one person was also killed and another wounded in shelling on the Russian border town of Shebekino. Pushlin said on Telegram, as of uh, 0200 uh, uh, local time, there were preliminarily uh, 13 wounded and four dead. A Ukraine's military has said that an overnight Russian attack on Odessa targeted port infrastructure and that a fire had broken out in one of the port's uh, terminals as a result of the strike. Ukraine's Southern Military Command said on Telegram, the enemy's clear priority remains the port, of in, uh, the port infrastructure of Odessa. A large number of drones were directed from the sea to the coastal zone. It said that uh, it said the fire was promptly extinguished and that there were no casualties. Five people had been had been killed in attacks on, uh, but then uh, the next night, uh, five people had been killed on attacks on Ukraine's southern Odessa region and the occupied eastern city of Donetsk. He described the attack as massive shelling from multiple launch rocket systems. In Odessa, the governor Ole uh, Keeper said one person died in a Russian drone attack and three others were wounded. This is, you know, over the, over the weekend, different nights. City authorities said today five more uh, bodies have been found under rubble after massive Russian airstri airstrikes on Kyiv three days ago, bringing the death toll in the Ukrainian capital from the attack to 28. Ukraine had previously declared today um, a day of mourning for those killed in Friday's missile strikes, the deadliest single attack on Ukraine's capital of the war. Uh, there's been much larger uh, uh, attacks. I mean, I, I think, what was it, 600 people that were killed in that um, theater that was bombed. Uh, people were housed in a theater to, to escape the bombing in their town. And I, I still remember that. Uh, Key's military governor, Sergei Popko, wrote on Telegram, sincere condolences to those who lost relatives and loved ones. Terrorists who kill civilians will never be forgiven for the blood spilled on Ukrainian soil. Now that I have your attention, 
and let's move on. Let's try and fix the rest of the world. Let's get some coffee. <clears throat> to start with this Israel's crap. Is anybody else sick and tired of Israel? I really am. I, and you know what? Being anti-Netanyahu, being an anti-Israeli government is not being anti-Semite. It's not. And by the way, uh, an anti, being anti-Semite, a Semite, has uh, is not narrowed to just being against Jews. It's against anybody. It's being against Palestinians. It's being against Arabs. It's those languages. Anybody in that uh, um, uh, uh, those languages from that region is uh, if so. In other words, Israel bombing and murdering Palestinians is being anti. Uh, it's anti-Semitism, right? There you go. Anyway, was there another Friday flaming bag of crap left on your doorstep on Friday? Yes, there was. And let's ask, did did you see the mainstream uh, news cover it? Absolutely not. This is a perfect Friday to do it because the new year. They got to talk about, you know, going out and drinking, having a good time. They don't want to know that, uh, you know, there was a Friday flaming bag of crap left on your doorstep. They don't want you to know about it. On Friday, citing the urgency of Israel, Israel's defensive needs. The, this is no defense. This is no defense. A defense would be uh, uh, using uh, um, missiles to shoot down attacks that are coming towards you. Sending missiles into Gaza is not defensive. That's offensive. Anyway. Citing the urgency of Israel's defensive needs. The Biden administration on Friday said it would bypass Congress for the second time this month to approve an immediate arms sale to Israel so it can continue its genocide against Palestinians. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken notified lawmakers of the new emergency determination involving the sale of $147.5 million in equipment, including fuses, charges, and primers for 155-millimeter artillery shells that Israel has already purchased from the U.S. The unguided explosive rounds, which Israel is using in heavily populated urban areas, have a kill radius of about 50 meters with shrapnel, able to inflict lethal wounds on people hundreds of meters away. Unguided explosive rounds, as these are, are not supposed to be uh, used on civilian targets, and there is no such thing as a non-civilian target in Gaza. There's no, it's all civilian. The State Department said... The United States is committed to the security of Israel, and it is vital to U.S. national interests to ensure Israel is able to defend itself against the threats it faces. I, okay, remember the flaming bag of crap left on your doorstep in the middle uh, of the night between Friday and Saturday on December 9th? The State Department expedited 13,000 rounds of tank ammunition to the Israel uh, Israeli Defense Forces. All of these arms used for war crimes. Uh, the State Department 
also said that we continue to strongly emphasize to the government of Israel that they must not only comply with international humanitarian law, but also take every feasible step to prevent harm to civilians, which they are not doing. Netanyahu and his entire government has described war crimes when they discuss how they will continue. They describe what they're going to do and what they describe as actual war crimes. Well, Biden recently decried Israel's indiscriminate bombing of Gaza, he has refused to acknowledge what many of us and the international experts have called Israel's genocide against the people of Gaza. And of course, now he has earned the moniker of Genocide Joe. The International Criminal Court, speaking of Genocide Joe, the International Criminal Court of Justice has been asked to declare that Israel has breached its obligations under the Genocide Convention. The Department of International Relations and Cooperation, uh, DERCO, uh, in South Africa, said it is gravely concerned with the plight of civilians caught in the present Israeli attacks on the Gaza Strip due to the indiscriminate use of force and forcible removal of inhabitants. And called on the ICJ, the International uh, 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 Criminal, uh, excuse me, International Court of Justice, uh, to take action to force Israel to immediately cease its current attacks on Gaza's 2.3 million residents. A known dead is at about 22,000 people, mostly women or, or children and babies. Uh, of course, that doesn't include uh, the th- many thousands buried under rubble. It's probably closer to 30,000 right now. The country's representatives at ICJ said Israel's bombardment of Gaza is genocidal in character because they are intended to bring about the destruction of a substantial part of the Palestinian national, racial, and ethnic group. The act in question include killing Palestinians in Gaza, causing them uh, serious bodily and mental harm, and inflicting on them conditions of life calculated to bring about their physical destruction. Documents have also been submitted to the ICC. While the ICC prosecutes individuals and governments for committing war crimes, the ICJ operates under the United Nations to rule on disputes between countries. The ICJ's orders are binding for Israel as the country is a UN member state. South Africa has joined international human rights experts, including the UN's top expert on human rights, in occupied Palestinian land in saying Israel's blockade of Gaza and violent treatment of those in the enclave of the West Bank is a form of apartheid, comparing Israeli policies to the racial segregation that was imposed for nearly five decades by the white minority that controlled South Africa. Last month, The government voted to suspend diplomatic ties with Israel until Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's government agrees to a permanent humanitarian ceasefire. Friday, the government said South Africa has continuously called for an immediate and permanent ceasefire and the resumption of talks that will end the violence arising from the continued belligerent belligerent occupation of Palestine at the... uh, at the ICJ, South Africa called for an ex- expedited 
hearing on Israelis' actions and asked the court to indicate provisional measures under the Genocide Convention to protect against further severe and irreparable harm to the rights of the Palestinian people. Article 2 of the Genocide Convention, adopted in 1948, states that genocide includes acts committed with the intent to destroy either in whole or in part a national, ethnic, racial, or religious group, which the Palestinian people are, uh, and which, as we said, Israeli government officials have literally stated that intent. They've literally stated it, that that's part of their plan. How can you not call it genocide? Moving on. Despite Israel's onslaught, UN aid workers are trying to get aid to the people of Palestine. On Thursday, Israeli troops fired on a convoy delivering aid to Palestinians in the Gaza Strip. Thomas White, the United Nations Relief and Works Agency for Palestinian Refugees in the Near East, UNRWA, uh, director in Gaza, said Israeli soldiers fired at an aid convoy as it returned from northern Gaza along a route designated by the Israeli army. Our international convoy leader and his team were not injured, but one vehicle sustained damage. Uh, Aid workers should never be a target. The New York Times reported the convoy, which vehicles uh, uh, vehicles were marked with the UN insignia, was returning from delivering aid, including flour. It was south of Gaza City when it came under fire. Uh, Juliet Tuma, spokeswoman for UNRWA, said in an interview, Before setting out to deliver the aid, the convoy had coordinated its plans with the Israeli military and notified it of the routes it would take. Tuma said that the Israeli military had told the convoy to take a different route, which it did. They rerouted, and then the shooting happened which seems to be an Israeli tactic used to murder civilians. Israel tells people to go somewhere specific to be safe, then bombs the fuck out of them when they get there. And this wasn't the first time Israel has targeted aid workers. An international committee of the Red Cross medical convoy came under fire November 7th, and a Doctors Without Border convoy tried to evacuate people sheltering in a hospital endured what it called a deliberate assault by Israeli forces on November 18th. There's been others. Also, remember the ambulance convoy we talked about last week where they held it up while people died in the ambulances. They took ambulance drivers, and some have not been returned. The U.S. military says it killed 10 Houthi fighters and sank three of the Yemeni uh, armed group's vessels after a clash in the Red Sea. Uh, on Sunday at 6.30 uh, in the morning, Yemen, uh, uh, Yemen time, uh, the con- uh, container ship uh, Marsk Hangzhou issued a second distre- distress call in a day reporting being attacked by four Houthi small boats. In response to uh, the distress call, CENTCOM, uh, Cent- Central uh, Command, said the USS gravely shot down two anti-ship missiles fired at Marsk vessel, then helicopters from the Gravely and the USS Eisenhower, Eisenhower were dispatched towards the uh, Maersk Hangzhou. CENTCOM says that its helicopters warned the Houthi fighters to stay away when they began to attack the cargo ship 
with small arms fire and tried to board the vessel. At that point, CENTCOM said the helicopters came under fire and fired back, killing the 10 Houthi uh, crew members uh, of three boats, which also sank. CENTCOM added the fourth boat escaped and U.S. personnel and equipment did not bear harm. That's what happened then, supposedly. Uh, Kim Jong-un has declared North Korea will no longer seek uh, reconciliation and reunification with South Korea. I, you know, it only took, what, uh, how many years? 50, 60 years? 60 years to finally decide not to do this? <laughs> uh, is that right? Did I do the math right? You'll have to check and tell me. Um, the state-run news agency, KCNA, reported Kim uh, uh, Jong-un, or, or Kim, Kim's his last name, said inter-Korean relations had become a relationship between two hostile countries and two belligerents at war. Kim said, it's time for us to acknowledge the reality and clarify our relationship with the South, adding that if Washington and Seoul were to attempt a military confrontation with Pyongyang, its nuclear war deterrent will not hesitate to take serious action. He said, I believe that it is a mistake that we must no longer make uh, to deal with the people who declare us the main enemy and seek only opportunities for our regime collapse and unification by absorption, by collaborating for a reconciliation and unification. Uh, uh, you know what? It's a translation. You deal with it. <laughs> you know what, what they mean. Anyway. Uh, Japan uh, had a New Year's earthquake. 4 p.m. local time, New Year's Day, which is like, I think it was like uh, 2 a.m. Our, our time. Our, our 2 a.m. New York time, I guess that would be. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> a 7.6 earthquake hit western Japan, triggering fire, power outages, and demolishing buildings. And a uh, also with a uh, tsunami warning, the quake hit the Noto Peninsula, which is on the northwest side of uh, of the island uh, country. The trail of destruction is unclear, but officials urged coastal residents to evacuate their homes and say they are assessing injuries and damage. The Japan Meteor Meteorological Agency issued a major tsunami war warming a warning for Ishikawa that was later downgrade, uh, downgraded, but waves up to 10 feet are still a concern. Uh, tsunami warnings were also issued in eastern Russia. There are numerous reports of people injured and trapped. Japanese Prime Minister Fumio Kishida's office promised to prioritize human life above all else and spare no effort in our emergency disaster responses, including saving lives and rescuing disaster victims. Japan's Nuclear Regulation Authority reports no impact to nuclear power plants along the Sea of Japan. Of course, that was what went through my mind first thing. Uh, you remember nearly 13 years ago, an 8.9 magnitude earthquake killed thousands of people and triggered a triple meltdown at three of Fukushima's uh, Daiichi nuclear power plants that we're still dealing with today. Uh, in California, and I'm surprised that this happened, Saturday, a U.S. appeals court 
paved the way for California law banning the concealed carry of firearms in sensitive places to go into effect today, despite a federal judge's ruling that it is repugnant to the Second Amendment. The law, Senate Bill 2, had been blocked last week by an injunction from District Judge Cormac Carney, but a three-judge panel filed an order Saturday temporarily blocking that injunction, clearing the path for the law to take effect. The court issued an administrative stay, meaning the appeals judges did not consider the merits of the case, but delayed the judge's order to give the court more time to consider the argument on both sides. Uh, the judges wrote, In granting an administrative stay, we do not intend to constrain the merits panel consideration of the merits of these appeals in any way. The law among a series of gun control measures signed by uh, California Governor Gavin Newsom in September applies to those with licenses to carry a concealed weapon. When he signed the gun law, uh, gun laws in September, Newsom cited shootings across the country that left more than 100 people dead in the 72 hours prior to the signing. Under the new law, people would not be allowed to carry concealed firearms in a variety of California locations, including places of worship, public libraries, amusement parks, zoos, and sporting events. The California Rifle and Pistol Association and Gun Owners of America, uh, among other plaintiffs, challenged the legislation. <clears throat> Judge Carney had agreed with the plaintiffs that the new law was too broad, saying <clears throat> his injunction ordered it, uh, turns nearly every public place in California into a sensitive place. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, Carney called the span of the new law sweeping, repugnant to the Second Amendment, and openly defiant of the Supreme Court. And that was why I was surprised it's being enforced. It's being enforced because the the appeal the the appeal uh, they looked in the appeal to allow people to uh, have these guns in these areas uh, until the appeal goes through. But the uh, appellate court said, "No, we're going to let the uh, law stand until the appeal is seen." You understand? Uh, this all will be challenged and will go away eventually as it winds through the court. And and I'm sure. Don't worry. You'll be 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 allowed to carry your sidearm in you know elementary schools or wherever you want. I'm sure. A little bit later, but for now you're not allowed to. <sighs> As we said weeks ago, because of Ginny Thomas's involvement in Trump trying to overturn the election, Clarence Thomas cannot be allowed to even touch, uh, touch Trump's case on whether he should be disqualified from 2024 Republican primary ballots. That is before the Supreme Court. And that's not the only case that's going to be there. Also, whether he has immunity from crimes as president, which will make its way to the court. Yesterday, from my home state of Maryland, Democratic Congressman Jamie Raskin, called for Justice Clarence Thomas to recuse himself from any such cases. Raskin, who's a constitutional scholar, and, and if you remember, he was also the uh, uh, the lead Trump impeachment manager after the January 6, 2021 attack 
uh, on the U.S. Capitol, the insurrection. Uh, he appeared on CNN's State of the Union to discuss claims that the, uh, uh, the Republican is not qualified to hold office under Section 3 of the 14th Amendment to the Constitution after inciting an insurrection. They asked him about it. After CNN's uh, Dana Bash asked about uh, potential recusals, Raskin responded, I think anybody looking at this in any kind of dispassionate, reasonable way would say if your wife was involved in the big lie and claiming that Donald Trump had actually won the presidential election and been agitating for that and participating in events leading up to the January 6th uh, insurrection that you shouldn't be participating. He absolutely should recuse himself. The question is, what do we do if he doesn't recuse himself? And that could be a problem. If you remember, the new Supreme Court Code of Conduct has no teeth. They are merely suggestions. Uh, so far, Colorado and Maine have removed Trump from the ballot. Each state is waiting for the uh, appeals to see what the Supreme Court will do. There is a minor issue that will go away in a few years. Trump has left on the planet. I mean, you know, hopefully it'll be less time he has left. As Raskin explained, Donald Trump can strike the pose of martyr in any given context. If he's allowed to stay on the ballot, despite his clear incitement of an insurrection and attempt to overturn the results of the 2020 election, and he loses to Joe Biden, he will feel himself a martyr there. And he will try to overturn the election result again. And you know this is going to happen. Of course, either way, and this is me talking, either way, he'll be a martyr. If Trump stays off the ballot, if they say he's not allowed on the ballot because of the insurrection, he will scream that it's time to overthrow the U.S. government, even though he knows he's in the wrong. Anyway, and of course, he's going to use it to collect campaign funds. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know. <clears throat> If he's not allowed on the ballot, he will no longer be able to collect campaign funds. Wouldn't that be interesting? Hmm. Uh, more threats against Colorado and Maine officials are happening. The Maine's Secretary of State, Shanna, uh, Shanna Bellows, home address was leaked online. Bellows explained on Facebook yesterday, we are away for the holiday weekend. We were not home yesterday when threats escalated and our home address was posted online. It was a good thing because our home was swatted last night. That's when someone calls in, you know, a fake emergency to evoke a strong law enforcement response to scare the target. Uh, swatting incidents have resulted in casualties, in deaths, Although, thankfully, this one did not. Uh, she said, this behavior is unacceptable. Uh, the nonstop threatening communications, uh, uh, the people who work for me endured all day yesterday is unacceptable. It's designed to scare not only me, but also others into silence to send a message. Her home was swatted. And swatting seems to be going on on both sides of the aisle right now. Along with slamming the swatting, Bellows on Saturday called on extraordinarily dehumanizing fake images, called, called them out, rather, uh, of her recently uh, that were posted online, including by the main wire, a news outlet. She said, 
These dehumanizing images and threatening communications directed at me and people I love are dangerous. We should be able to agree to disagree on important issues without threats and violence. Uh, Colorado Democratic Secretary of State Jenna Griswold has also faced mounting threats since the Colorado Supreme Court earlier this month disqualified Trump from the state's primary ballot. This is interesting. On Saturday, Griswold said, within three weeks of the lawsuit being filed, I received 64 death threats. I stopped counting after that. She said, I will not be intimidated. Democracy and peace will triumph over tyranny and violence. All these attacks are used to create, ready for it? I'm going to use that term again that I always use, the legal term, a chilling effect on the states still deciding. In an interview, Griswold said, and this is the interesting part of it, I've been concerned about violence and threats and violence since Donald Trump incited the insurrection. I've received hundreds, if not thousands of threats at this point. So yes, I'm extremely concerned. It just underlines that Donald Trump is a major threat to American democracy, elections, and stability. He uses threats and intimidation against his political opponents. When he doesn't win elections, he tries to steal them. He is a dangerous leader for the country. And uh, actually, this is the important part. Griswold also pointed out that she is part of the case that got Trump kicked off the ballot in Colorado. She uh, uh, in Colorado because of her role, but she didn't file the suit. It was brought by a watchdog group and uh, and legal team representing. Republicans. It was Republicans that brought the case against Trump. It wasn't her. And she's still getting the death threats. Griswold said, had the suit not been filed so early in Colorado, she would have been the one to decide, uh, just like uh, Shanna Bellows did in Maine. She said, but in Maine, I think Shanna Bellows made the right decision in agreement with the Colorado Supreme Court. Uh, Donald Trump incited an insurrection to try to steal the presidency from the American people. Section 3 of the 14th Amendment makes it very clear that elected officials can't do that and then serve in office again. I don't believe there should be some loophole in the Constitution that puts only Donald Trump above the law and Constitution uh, when he incites rebellion or incites an insurrection. The other thing I would say is I do think Secretary Bellows is brave and courageous. She is the first individual by herself having to make this decision. And we are acutely aware of the threat environment that we work in. So I commend her for her actions and we'll see how the litigation inevitably plays out in the state of Maine. And yeah, you know, she is, as far as I'm concerned, she is brave because she knows what what um, Trump has been known to do to incite people, to attack people who who uh, uh, do their their legal job in making decisions. Even lawyers and and uh, judges, he's gone after. That's what Trump does, just like a cheap hood and just like a maf- mafia boss. That's exactly what he's like. 
Uh, hundreds of sealed court filings pertaining to late sex offender Jeffrey Epstein are set to be made public this week. And several prominent names, including Britain's Prince Andrew and former President Clinton, uh, Clinton are expected to appear in the documents. U.S. District Judge Loretta Preska ruled earlier this month there was no legal justification for continuing to conceal the ex-president's name and more than 150 names other John and uh, Jane Doe's mentioned in the records. Uh, Prescott ordered the unsealing to begin after January 1st. Uh, by the way, today is January 1st. And tomorrow, uh, maybe we'll have more. It'll probably take a few days. Uh, most of the prominent names that appear in the documents are already associated in some way with Epstein for allegations of wrongdoing, wrongdoing for having worked for Epstein, flown on his planes, or visited his homes. Some were mentioned during Maxwell's uh, criminal trial in 2021. In some instances, the, the only appearances of the names are in potential witness lists or in proposed terms for searches of electronic records. While uh, uh, Guffrey's uh, allegations against Prince Andrew and his denials have been widely reported around, uh, you know, around the globe, dozens the sealed records are expected to contain additional details from Jane Doe 162, a witness who testified she was with Prince Andrew, uh, uh, Maxwell, and uh, Guffrey, then 17, Guffrey was 17 at the time, at Epstein's New York mansion. Guffrey has alleged that, uh, gath- uh, that gathering uh, in 2001 was one of the occasions she was directed to have sex with Prince Andrew. Jeffrey uh, made no allegations of wrongdoing by Clinton, and there is no indication the sealed records contain evidence of illegal conduct by Bill Clinton. But Jeffrey's claim that she met the ex-president on Epstein's private Caribbean island emerged as a contentious issue in the litigation, which was settled in 2017. Uh, Maxwell, uh, Ghislaine Maxwell, contended, Clinton had never been to Little St. James, that's what uh, Epstein's Island was known as, and uh, assailed Jeffrey's claim as a fabrication that shattered her credibility. Uh, personal flight logs kept by one of Epstein's pilots, which surfaced in the separate lawsuits against Epstein, showed that Clinton and his entourage had flown extensively on Epstein's uh, jumbo jet to international destinations such as Paris, Bangkok and Brunei in 2002 and 2003, but none of the available records included the former presidents on a trip to Epstein's island. Uh, This batch will involve the names of additional Epstein's associates, alleged perpetrators, alleged co-conspirators, alleged victims, witnesses, and former Epstein employees. Several of the Doe's mentioned the John and Jane Doe's mentioned in the documents are now deceased. Uh, Former President Clinton, who uh, ABC News uh, has learned is identified as John Doe number 36, is mentioned in more than 50 of the redacted filings according to court records. So I'm sure we'll hear more about it soon. Uh, Who knows? Maybe Trump will be in that because Trump also met with Epstein. Uh, That's it. Thanks for listening. 
Monday, January 1st, 2024. Monday, January 1st, uh, 2024. Man, do I appreciate you for coming every day. Uh, bring someone with you if you can today or tomorrow. That would be awesome. PVTV, Political Views TV, uh, TV Podcast. That's what you Google to find me. I'll show up right at the top of the search. You can tweet to me questions or X to me questions, insights, or come fight with me at Cyberclops, C-Y-B-E-R-C-L-O-P-S on formerly known as Twitter. And remember... Always remember, government profit is measured by the betterment of the people. Don't you ever forget that. I'm Peter Lawrence, reporting from Los Angeles.